This is Nursing Uncensored. Your host, Adrienne Benning, invites you to listen in on real conversations about all things in the nursing world. This podcast is intended for nurses, nursing students, and allied health professionals, but non-medical folk will probably get a kick out of us too. If you like what you hear, subscribe and share. You guys, <laughs> it's taken forever. But I finally finished this marathon conversation that I had with my friend, nurse and musician Dan DeMonte. In this part three of three, we cover a lot of ground and we venture back and forth between sounding completely exhausted and really pumped. To be fair, <laughs> it was late and there were adult beverages involved. Soon after we finished this talk, Dan was out the door to catch some sleep before he jetted off on a five-hour drive to his next gig. I just want to thank Dan again for stopping by the Nursing Uncensored headquarters and for being such a damn charming human. So let's go ahead and listen to the grand finale of this ridiculously long conversation. I think we're both starting to get the, like, the three-drink, what do I want to Ah, say? This is number three. Yeah, well, yeah, and I'm on, I'm on three as well. Okay, so I have three more pet peeves. One of my pet peeves is packages that don't open the way they're supposed to. I've had so many packages where I'm like, this is a thin-ass piece of perforated plastic, and I cannot get the thing open and to yet save it's my fucking, fucking Kevlar. Life. <laughs> yeah, or like opening up lactobacillus because it has to be in like an airtight Ugh. container, or like opening up the packaging that a uh, lidocaine patch comes in. Ugh. Like those are the reasons I carry scissors with me all the time. Mm-hmm. So packages that don't open right, fuck them. I hate them. I get Terrible. so angry over that shit. Do, do you need my input on that? I do, please, because please, otherwise please this is sit. just me bitching. <laughs> this is just me bitching in your presence. Uh, do you carry a lot of shit with you for package opening? Not at all. Are you like someone who's just like, I'll just jump off that bridge when I get to yeah, it? Yeah, I don't really care that much. <laughs> it's not a pet peeve. <laughs> it's not a pet peeve. Dan is like totally, I'm like, I'm like angry. My heart rate is spiked. And you're just like, yeah, I don't care. I just... Well, no, I, I guess, yeah, I, it is a pet peeve when, 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 you, when, when, when something doesn't do exactly what it's supposed to. And it has, you got one job. You got, you one, got jo- one job. Do you your got, fucking job. Yeah, you got one job, lighter to patch uh, oh. container. Yeah. You have to, like, open. There's something about um, how much, how much more expensive shit is at the hospital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and how it seems like you're always paying a premium for that, like, $70 Mepilex dressing or whatever mm-hmm. and and when when things don't work in with in such an environment mm-hmm. where, where where shit is that much more expensive. This is expensive it yeah. should work. Yeah, when when you when you have to whenever whenever they would I remember when I first started as a nurse they'd be like just so you know this bag of medicine you're about to spike costs a thousand dollars. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> Don't fuck like, it you up. Have, you have to give it within two hours of it being yeah. open. Like, are you really, really sure you need this now? It's just like, you know, when you're giving blood and they tell you, like, don't request, because we don't have. We have to have special refrigerators to keep units of blood in. Mm. And my unit, our your former unit, doesn't have a, a blood refrigerator or whatever. And so if we don't use that bag like within a certain amount of time like it's rendered 
unusable because yeah. it's not kept in the right conditions. So you got to really fucking know what you're doing and what you're opening because like um the flexi seals, the poop shoots. <laughs> People like so say you have somebody who has like chronic diarrhea, you put a flexi in them, well then one day their poop seems okay, so you take the flexi out. Well then the next day their shit starts flowing again and you're like, "Oh shit, I wish I had that flexi." Yeah, well that's like a $1000 ass tube that you just threw away so it was common practice that we would take like so what we would do is we would like put it like if you had someone who just had a a poop tube taken out you would um which by the way my pop my uh, blog post on management of flexi seals is like my most popular blog post to date (laughs) like hundreds of downloads or hundreds of views compared to like other ones that get like 12 but anyway, people when you take the flexi the, out, the, the part, yeah, the little donut balloon, inflatable yeah, balloon yeah. part that goes inside their butt, like we usually like, you, you have a gloved hand, you grab that part of it, you pull the glove over the top to keep it clean, and then you ah. store it in like a little bath basin until you're really fucking sure that patient doesn't need it anymore. Because if you go through three of those, well, you've just burned three, four grand of that Jeez. hospital or that patient's money. So... Yeah, they tell us that stuff because you don't you don't know that, you know you don't know that the pill you just dropped under the floor cost nine thousand dollars in this country. Like that's yeah, that's that's the the reality. And I remember I remember when when that bubble was sort of burst for me when I just talking to nurses on rescue who who were who were conscious of that. And yeah. It's like, Oh crap! It's like yeah, I had when no I'm, idea. When I'm when I'm charging this in the pic in the pixness or the omni cell, whatever you guys have, doing to, a floor charge. Yeah, and yeah. You've just like taking a huge bite out of the unit's budget. Oh, okay. I, if I charge a flexi seal to the unit's budget, like all of a sudden, what a thousand bucks? Are you kidding me? Exactly. Like, just like literally, literally down the poop chute, all that money. <laughs> okay, I have two more things, and you could probably say things about this too. Two more pet peeves. Yeah, you know, I, I don't care enough to have pet peeves, but I but I <laughs> Well, will. you can comment on my pet peeves then. So one of <laughs> They're the completely other unwarranted. Peeves, yes. So actually, speaking of unwarranted, the next thing on my list is non-problem problems. <laughs> like like um That's life, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so when you've got that patient who like medically, you know, they're okay, like they're maybe maybe they're at the end of their hospital stay. They don't have medical reason to be there. They're just kind of there cuz they're cuz they're like, you know, whatever. So they come to you and they're like upset because like the reception on the channel they want to watch is not coming in. Like shit that I guess you could also categorize this as shit you have no control over. <laughs> or like the patient's like, "I farted." <laughs> okay. Well, do you have any medicine for that? When you're at home and you fart, do you take medicine for it? Or do you just like fart and then maybe go poop later? Or people that are like, my finger hurts. And it's like, okay, well, you're here for something that has nothing to do with like, did you bump it? Oh my gosh. Well, I, my hand kind of hurts. I think I was laying on it. Okay. Do you want medical science to do something about that for like this is not a problem. Or like, you know, oh this um, you know, the the I don't really like this view. Why did they build that building there? You can't see the skyline of Iowa City Mar- Are you fucking calling me in here to ask me why they built a skyscraper down there? <laughs> if I were to um if I were to play devil's advocate <laughs> Play devil's advocate, Dan. Let's keep it entertaining. In a, um, sometimes we are the reason that patients feel helpless. 
valid point. God you damn it, dude. You gotta you gotta make sense yeah, when I'm just right. you, railing you and your, on you and your, people. You and your little pet peeves. You... True. So then, what do we do about that? How do we how do we give control back to people? What are some things, like, in your devil's advocate seat that you're sitting oh, in right man. now? I, of course, I push back on one thing. And I'm like, <laughs> she, explain She's, she's coming for blood. <laughs> no, but actually, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it's absolutely true. Like... When we like we've talked about before, they come into the hospital. We take away everything, even their underwear, mm-hmm. and then we make them adhere to our schedule. And um, yeah, we take away their control. So I think you're right. I think that when you have a patient that's needy or on the call light a lot, mm-hmm. maybe they just need to feel like they're just being to, heard and they can do some things of their yeah, own. Yeah, give them fruition. give them a little give them a little something. Um, Sometimes I've found, and I can't think of a good example of this, and maybe maybe somebody listening could, but um, that little bit of control back could even be in in the form of a a closed ended question of a yes or no, mm-hmm. where either choice is fine with you, mm-hmm. but but just giving them that little bit of choice. And just, just let them take back just that little bit. Right. Of, do you want to take your pills with chocolate or vanilla pudding tonight? Yeah. <laughs> like, just like just like that little bit of something to, to feel like they have. I, I don't know if it makes that big of a deal, but... For some people it does. Because if you try to give them their pills and applesauce every night for two weeks and they fucking hate applesauce, mm-hmm. yeah, they feel out of control. Even if they have no control over what, what treatments they're getting or the big things. Right. It's just, just that, that little bit. Seems, Any little thing that you sort can of help. do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll even give patients a choice um, when the choice is obvious, like I already know what they want, but I'm still going to ask them because I want them to have the opportunity yeah, to, exactly. to express that control. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, if it's someone who is feeling really unempowered, like say they can't get out of bed on their own because they have whatever, feeding tube, trach, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I will say, like, hey, I don't want you getting up by yourself, but when you do get up, you know, here's here's what we're going to do. Here's how I'm going to... You got you to gotta empower people to also be active in their mm-hmm. own care, you know? Like, if you're giving someone a bath and they're a paraplegic, well, their fucking arms still work. You can help them wash their legs. Sure. Hand them the washcloth and say, here, you can go ahead and wash your arms and chest. Like, it's really important, I think, to give people that sense of control back um not only for you know our own convenience um like here you can you can be empowered to do these things so i don't have to do them for you and and, yeah what what are they what are they gonna what are they gonna do when they get out of the hospital exactly but but also yeah that that little bit of of uh mental therapy as well yeah of just giving them Making them back into a sovereign individual. Yes, absolutely. That's really important. I think that, you know, even in a clinic setting, we put people on a conveyor belt. So mm. I, you know, one of my one of my coping mechanisms for the conveyor belt feeling of a doctor's office is that if I'm going into a doctor's office and I have like a number of things I want to address, I'll literally just write it all down on a post-it note. And I have a good enough response, rapport with my doctor now that I'll go in there and I'll just hand her the fucking post-it note. <laughs> Because then I'm not going to forget anything. 
she can address those things in a way that is most efficient for her. As long as she addresses all of it, I don't give a shit what order she talks about it in. But that's one of those things that she deals with it because it makes me feel like I have a little bit of control. And it makes me feel, it does make me feel like I have more control because I don't have to worry about, okay, I only have a few, I feel like, like she's tapping her pen. Like, is she in a hurry? Am I taking too much time explaining this? Like, and then you get so worried about it, you forget all the things that you wanted to talk to your doctor about in the first place. I'll play your game here. Okay. Okay. I'll play your. Okay. All right. All right. Let's let's of of peeving and and okay. What's what's your peeve? What's your peeve? Um, that I really like the idea of writing it down, and I've I've tell people to do this in their non-healthcare experiences in their life too. If you have something you're going to say, but you know you're going to get emotional while you're Mm -hmm. saying it, right? Forget. Jot it. Jot it down. Jot it down, and whatever. Like like no shame if it if it actually like helps you get it out there. Mm -hmm. If someone calls you out for writing it down, they're not worth your fucking time in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like. You want to get down to what the hell's going on. There's and- a there's a scene where Charlotte from Sex and the City actually says that. She said, I made some notes because I want to be clear. And she's like trying to talk to her like estranged husband sure. about her sex problems. I've obviously never seen Sex and the City. But- Which is why I'm explaining it to you in great <laughs> detail. It's actually Kyle MacLachlan is the character that I'm talking about. The female character in the show is that is, is that is that McSteamy or the no that's um what's his name agent agent special agent Dale Cooper whatever his name is from Twin Peaks the guy ah. who was in Showgirls and the Flintstones. Well, I wasn't alive when Twin Peaks came out, but. Yeah, well, you know what? I wasn't alive when they wrote the Happy Birthday song, but I know the <laughs> fucking song. <laughs> That's why I like you. You're a little, you're a little quick responses to my, my, shark, my little my digs. Shark shit. I try and I try and dig on you, and you fill it right back in. Oh, uh, I have oh, the oh, the peeve. Yeah, the peeve. What's the my peeve. peeve? The fuck? Are we oh talking God about? damn it! Your peeve is people who interrupt you and derail your train of thought. <laughs> what were What were you talking about just previous um, to this? We were talking about. Oh, oh God. um, you you write down on your post-it note. Oh yeah, what you mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> When you come in, it's, it's not a peeve, it's just it's just sort of an unfortunate, maybe some things weren't addressed, it, especially when the patient's like alert and oriented and just fine, mm-hmm. and you come in the room on night shift, <laughs> and they have all these questions about their care. And you're like, well... That would have been totally appropriate to address with the day team. Everyone there during the day. Everyone there during the day. And they're like... So what's going on? Like, why am I here? It's like, what? How long am I staying? Do you have this med on my med list? Yeah. What yeah, time like, is yeah, my why, procedure? Why, why are we Who's going on my... <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, it is now 9.15 in the evening. Everyone who has these answers is home asleep and doesn't give a shit about me right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. Or you'll have the people that... That's why, like, as a night shifter, I try to have a, a, um, a proactive mind, like, usually in my first... One of the things that I've learned to say that works for me, not everybody has to do this, is I even say to people, if they're alert-oriented and I can count on them to give a good response, I say, what is the, like, are there are there any really important things that we need to, what's the most important thing for you to address right now? Mm-hmm. Because if I say that to a patient and they say, well, I want pain control, and you realize that they have one dose of Tylenol left, and they've already, and then they have nothing else that you can give them. You need to address that early. So, as a night shifter, you need to get good at anticipating what's going to come up in the middle sure, of the night. Absolutely. Because 
I'm fortunate that I work in a hospital where sometimes there's a resident on call that's like in the hospital that's awake and doing things. But if you are, like, I've had patients that are like, I have a bit of a cough. Can I have a lozenge? We need an order for that. I'm not going to fucking call at 2 in the morning for a lozenge when you've had this cough for six days. Like, I understand. I want to give you everything that makes you feel better. But, like, we as nurses also have to temper that because, you know, yeah, you're not going to call the doctor at 3 a.m. because they want to know what's happening in their procedure at 4 o'clock that afternoon. And you you, you think about it and you're like... were, were these, did the patient never bring this up? Or is it something that just kept getting passed on? Like, like where, where was the breakdown? Like the, where the, was like the breakdown the, the patient there? who remembers 10 questions like five seconds after the doctor leaves the unit. Exactly. Yeah, Ugh. I used to be that patient. That's why I started writing shit down. And I encourage people, most hospital rooms now Use have those dry erase boards. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if your patient can't get up and write on it, either give them a piece of paper and a pencil, write it on the board for them. Often if you write it on the board, some physicians look at that board to see if there's anything written on it that they can address and usually that's that's enough if it's yeah if it says you know goals of care or whatever you can you could write you could jot something down about like oh i just had a question about what am i doing i go home or something Mm -hmm. they're like or like i say oh this is something for the social worker tomorrow and usually that that seems like it's enough for for the patient who's reasonable and alert and oriented yeah you can just write down social work question mark like like where am I going home? Pain Question control. Mark. Yeah, pain control. Like When's all... dialysis? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, all those little things. So I As think... long as they know you're addressing it. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes writing it on the whiteboard is enough because then they, yeah, in the moment, or you could just say, make sh- if, if they're reasonable and alert and oriented, mm-hmm. make sure you bring this up to the doctor tomorrow. Right, gonna, you have to I'm say gonna, that. I'm going to write it right here so right. you don't forget. Especially when there are, like, you know, in a large teaching institution like, like mine, um, not yours anymore, like mine. Um, <laughs> they, don't, they, don't teach, they don't teach anybody anything. They don't teach <laughs> nowhere else. They don't teach. Um, but, you know, you, you see lots of doctors. Like, you, you want to talk to your doctor, but you're like, 12 doctors have been in here today. Who's the one I'm supposed to ask yeah. what to? So just be aware of that and make sure that you're coaching your patients on who to talk to about what and when. Sure. Because 10.30 at night is not the time to address 15 questions that you've been sitting on all day. It's like, what the fuck happened all day? Yeah, like, where, you... where, where this this wasn't even addressed. and But, of course, there were probably all sorts of things going on and the patient and they just weren't thinking of it until yeah yeah, so and they're like oh wait i have control over this situation i Mm -hmm. guess i can totally to to bring it full circle it's again it's us being empowering it's us advocating for our patients Mm -hmm. to speak up for themselves because at bare minimum you're paying for this shit so you should have a little bit of a say exactly all right one more pet peeve and this is the last one on my list. And actually, it's ironic because it's... Oh, my I, God. I hate it. I wrote down oh. I wrote down one more thing, dot, dot, dot. Oh, no. I have had patients before. So, you know, by and large, I love my patients. I love the work I do. People are grateful. They thank me. I always feel... I, I feel pretty valued most, most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time, I feel valued by my patients. But then you get that one patient, and this actually happened to me. This patient, rest in peace, is no longer with us. But this particular patient, I'd go into their room and I'd say, hey, I got your meds, blah, 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 here's your meds, I'm listening to your heart, do, do my assessment, whatever. Is there anything I can get for you? Yeah, can, can you give me a fork? I have some food here that I want to eat and I don't have a fork on my tray. Sure, I'll get a fork. Anything else that you need? 
No, just the fork. You go, you walk to the oh, other end no. of the unit, you get a fork, you walk back to their room. Here's your fork. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Can I have some salt, too? <laughs> okay, yep, that's in the same room. Um, is there anything else you need from that room? No, no, I'm good, I'm good. Just the salt. You walk back to the... I mean, you see where I'm going with this. You walk back, you get back to their room, you hand them the salt. By the way, I've, I've, I'm, I'm having a little bit of pain. Can you give me some Tylenol? Yes. Is there anything else that you want? No, no, I think I'm good. I mean, this can go on endlessly. Got to a point where then I had a patient who got who wrote lists for me. And partly I was annoyed by the list, but also partly I was like, okay. Great. I'm going to get all this shit in one go. Clump the cares. Clump the cares. So anyway, that 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 was my my last one. The one the one more thing, oh. patient. One more thing. If you need something legitimately, that's okay. If it's my little old lady and she forgets what she's asking for, I'm forgiving. But if you're the asshole who's like watching TV and talking on the phone, and you're like, by the way, can you give me some graham crackers? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, I just brought you Sprite and a fork. And some salt. Do, where do you think we keep these things? They're all together. <laughs> so that's my that's my final my final pet peeve. I guess of the night. I guess what I my my final thing, which which also kind of gives the patient a little bit of control, is when I I say to them like, "Would you like your door open or closed or cracked?" So it's Ooh. almost like you're just like putting a little cap on. It's like I'm leaving. Right. This is it. Like, do, what what can, what can I do before we um, shut in for the night? And there's nothing else that you need. So in I don't advocate this in all cases, but for this patient, it worked. We had a patient who was alert oriented, but was convinced and was telling family members that we were not coming into the room and that we were not paying attention, even though we were. So the thing that I did, and I told the patient about it, it wasn't meant to be a snotty thing. The patient actually agreed because they didn't realize and it helped open their eyes a little bit. Again, I wouldn't do this for everyone, but what I did in this one particular instance, I taped a piece of paper on the closet door right across from her bed. And I instructed the staff that was on, because she thinks we're not addressing her call lights, each time you go in the room, just say, is there anything else I can help you with? No. Okay, well, it's it's 9.30. I'm going to write this time up on this piece of paper. If you mm. need anything, please call. But this way we were able to visually Rounding. illustrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so that, yeah, it was those hourly, which some places make you do that for everyone. For her, it helped because sure. then I could say, well, I'm sorry you feel that no one's been in here in three hours, but I see here... That someone was in here about 15 minutes ago. Oh, was that 15 minutes ago? Yes, that was 15 minutes ago. Mm. So that's more for like patients that have like behavioral issues and you need to like set boundaries. But that was one of those things that at at that time it worked really well for that patient. And then also when family came in the next day, they were also reassured that the, the patient who maybe had a skewed sense of time was not actually being neglected. Yeah. That maybe they were just, be, whether it be overly dramatic, this person was not confused. That's that's the thing I have yeah. to say. Yeah. A lot of the behaviors I complain about in pet peeves, I am completely forgiving of when the condition warrants it. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But when, when they're oriented and, knows, and they know what's going but on. But when, when they're just running your ass, when they're just like... Can you can you get me this? How about this? How about this? Before I tell a story about that, one one quick little thing. When I say the patient is alert and oriented, 
does that mean that means that they're oriented right and then but then they'll say oriented times what in report with nurses yeah like they're oriented to like everything they're fully yeah so, i'm like yeah, they, they are they are alert oriented. oriented and they'll say right some people want to hear that yeah, times like, three oriented times what it's like well they're, they're like, with it they know what's going well and and you know you you also you know, the other <laughs> gotta meet people the, where they're the, at oh god the pet peeves are creating themselves <laughs> the other thing is they'll say they're they're oriented times one they have which, great lungs. Yeah, wait, which, well, hold on, go back. What's the one? What's, what's the, the one? one? Oh, they're oriented to place. Okay, so they don't know who they. I don't know like, who they are. Yeah. Well, I guess they're two. <laughs> Here, I'll add. I'll add one more onto this because you know it's twelve thirty in the morning on a on a Monday now. Oh, but I still got one more story. Okay. Oh, here you tell wait, your no, story. No, no, you tell, I, no, I talk no. plenty. You talk. No, no, no. Tell your thing. I know. Um, I know what story I'm going to tell. I've already forgotten. You tell yours. Oh, okay. Um classic situation like you just mentioned with with the family feeling like the needs weren't addressed mm-hmm. and but me as a float nurse it's different because i'm on a different floor every every time and so if i happen to get called out by a patient i i don't usually get the chance to have like a oh, i'm back tonight and i can actually sort of have a little bit of a rebuttal to right, the situation right it's their word against mine so i had management email me saying Wow, the the daughter really complained today that that you were not addressing the patient's pain med, pain needs throughout the night. Which, then of course I dropped the ball because I was too busy running. Because there was a patient who I was told was non-responsive, which then all of a sudden woke up and was like, "I gotta poop," and so I and it was like in this terrible pain, and so I had to like give her an enema. Meanwhile, this patient is writhing in pain, and I and I didn't chart my pain assessments. Chart mm. everything, folks. Yes. Um. And so this other patient, who's who I had a great time with the first daughter, and then she went home, and then the patient, according to his other daughter, kept calling and talking about how much pain he was in. Mm-hmm. I would go in the room, I'd offer him pain medicine. It was it was mostly for like leg spasms, mm-hmm. and I would and I'd say we're waiting for the appropriate med because no one gave him the pain. They they started the med that night for his. Mm-hmm. spasms they had they hadn't given it to him during the day so the medicine hadn't compounded in his system enough mm-hmm. to keep them at bay mm-hmm. and so i said we're gonna i called the doctor for like a one-time dose of it it takes time for these things to happen the pharmacy has to send it up mm-hmm. and then by the time the med finally got up there the patient said oh it's over now like i don't need like it. i don't need it yeah anymore. i don't need it anymore yeah. it was an iv thing so i said okay well it's not that you if weren't you, addressing it. Yeah. It's that they didn't get it get to swallow it when they wanted it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you weren't running your ass off calling a million people trying to procure this shit from the pharmacy. So then in the morning all I all I all that the family member knows is that their loved one had called them during the night about how miserably in pain that they mm-hmm. were and they thinking a, that a, you're a, not allegedly yeah, allegedly had called them at numerous times throughout the night about how much pain they were in. And but I was going in the room and saying like are you okay? Hey, how you doing? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. It's, but some some of that's maybe like stoic old man, like not wanting to admit mm-hmm. he's in pain, but then crying to his daughters on the phone. Like, right. there's it's it's so multi multi variable and yeah, and but, you don't then, know what the source to, is, but yeah. you still have to, then you have to deal with the, the and then and then I had to write this email about like like detailing everything I was doing, and they said. Well, you know, if you feel like you're running too much, like make sure you utilize your resource nurse or your charge nurse, blah blah blah. When they're running too, there's yeah, yeah, no there's yeah. nothing else to be done. And and of course, like if you know, 
if it's not charted, you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, you know, there, there's, there's always that lesson there. And, but I, and I just, you don't always think about it, but, but, you know, you, you know, in your head that, that your patient is fine and you know that, and then at the end of the day, if you have a miserable shift, sometimes you do have to just ask yourself, like, well, is everybody breathing? Are they okay? Right. <laughs> it's like, like when sometimes the you have to yes, did I, did I do everything in my power? Yeah. Because anything beyond your power is beyond your power. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that's an important thing to, like, that's, that's a good moral to kind of end on is that all of the complaints that we have, all of the pet peeves, all of the challenges that we face, we still are expected to do the best we can to get the most important things done. That's why they spend so much time in nursing school teaching us the hierarchy, what's yeah. what's most important. Like, obviously I understand you're in pain, but if you're not breathing, fuck your pain. You can't feel pain when you're dead. So let's keep you alive and then we can address your pain. So like people don't know all these processes that go on in our heads. They just see that we're not doing the thing sure. that they feel is most important. Um, so yeah. Overall, we just need to do the best we can to like keep people informed and to communicate with them at the level that they're at. A lot of these pet peeves are things that are never going to go away. They're just shit you have to deal with. And so really, you know, then like for that patient that sends me back to the kitchen 10 times to get things, you know, I need to say to them politely, it's really important to me that you have the things that you need, but also I have other people that also need things. So... I will happily get you anything else you need, but I would like to just make one more trip down to the kitchen so that then I can go and give, you know, the next person the same attention that you're getting, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't have to do as much as that. You can just be like, I don't have, I don't have time right now. Just tell me the things you need right this minute and then I'll get the re- you know, I'll get the rest when I have time. Sure. Um, so it, it's all about that communication, all about that. Because if, like I had an old man once say to me, you use the phrase, I'll be right back. In my then, mind, then, that means something different than it meant to him. And so, sure. you know, I stop saying things like right back or I'll be back in a minute. I say things like, I'll be back when I have time. I'll be back when this is due. I'll be, you know, unless you need, if you, if you need me before I come back for this, like try to set up that next expectation. Sometimes, sometimes I'll, yeah, I'll even give them a, um. A, a what it, what in my mind is a legitimate time frame like yeah i'll be back i'll be back within the next hour or so. like if i know the med is due at 10 and i yeah. have and i have between 9 and 11 to give it i'll say mm-hmm. i'll be back between 9 and 11 to yeah and then and then if, and then if i break that prom oh, it's not promise but if i break that right. expectation you, right. i'll explain myself and it's right and if they're reasonable they're reasonable but he but this old man said to me don't say be right back if you don't mean it because you set me up to believe one thing and it turned into something else. You never came back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if so, and if someone says, oh, I'll be right back. And then you get sidetracked. You, you're not intentionally neglecting them, but they you set an expectation in their mind. So, you know, I'll even sometimes say to people, because, you know, the first hour and a half of the shift is always the fucking craziest. Oh, yeah. And I'll say to people, like, I might be really, really busy at first, but this thing that's important to you if you're okay, like uh, patients who want to get their last walk in, how long are you going to be up? Oh, I'll be up a while. I'm watching the football game. Cool. I'm planning to come back and take you for a walk after I get my evening pain meds passed so that everybody has their stuff that they need. Mm-hmm. Same as you. 
yeah, that's cool. But if you say like, okay, hold on, give me a few minutes and I'll get you a walk. You just said, give me a few minutes. They're thinking you mean a few minutes. If you're not back in a few minutes, they think you're either, you've forgotten, you're busy, you lied, whatever. So. And, let, and let, them, let them into your process a little bit without breaking HIPAA. Like, yeah. You know, like, there's, there's I nothing have, wrong with, yeah, just, just saying what Or just, I'll say, I have a patient who is incredibly sick. You're important to me, but right now I need to keep that person safe. And so this, you know, I know, I know you, me finding out what's on the menu for tomorrow is important to you, but right now I have someone, and if you were this sick, I would be in here, you know, like, yeah, so yeah. sometimes you have to Some, like yeah, schmooze that try a and, try and, yeah, try and navigate that with it within the situation. And I remember to tell people like, you are, impo- your needs are important to me. But right now I have some stuff. That, or I'll say I have things to do that are very time sensitive. And we will. Mm-hmm. I will come back to this. You know, you've got to set up those realistic expectations. I've had people say, thank you for being honest or whatever. They appreciate that more than being like, she said a few minutes. Or sometimes they're what like, what the fuck is a few minutes? How's, how's that patient you were working on earlier? <laughs> like yeah. some the, the, the patients care because they get it. They know, yeah. they know you're running. You know? You know, yeah. Or they see you run by a hundred times. Or I come in my, I come in their room and, you know, I had a patient once comment on how sweaty I was. <laughs> I was, like, drawing his blood. And he was like, do you need to sit down? And I was like, actually, I kind of <laughs> do. So I positioned the bed so that I could draw his blood while I was sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. And he was totally like, yeah, draw, draw some more if you need to sit a little longer, is what he said. It was really <laughs> funny. But people, you know, some people don't notice that shit. Some people know that you look like you've just run up the stairs 10 times like well those those folks who are who are properly regulated and still feel like they have a little bit of control in the situation can yeah. see, see the situation a they little bit bigger than somebody outside themselves yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so but we can't always put that on them if they're in dire straits you know yeah yeah well, damn, it's quarter to one in the morning. Oh, my God. You have to be in another state tomorrow. I sure do. This has been great. I really enjoy talking to you. This is probably, again, going to be like another two-part episode once I cut out all of the all of the inappropriate stuff that's not going to make it to the air. But you're, you're officially the most repeat offender. Really? Yes. I have had, well, with the exception of Andrew, but Andrew I'm was Andrew kind of have. like... I mean, many more than you, but Andrew, but Andrew was a co-founder. Oh, okay? that's right. You are you are pure guest material, and so not to discount Andrew, but Andrew is like, like I said, he's one of the four. He's just some. He's just some. Guy. He's just some dude. He's just, he's just some, some dude. Yeah. Um, which he'll be. I think he'll be back for a few some episodes mooch. here and there. Some mooch. <laughs> this mooch. Okay. All all seriousness, which we have none of most no, of the of time. Not. Um, this has been a really great opportunity. I'm glad I got to see you this time around. I'm glad I got to see you perform. I'm glad other people got to see you perform as well. It's always nice to see nurses excelling in their non-nursing endeavors because, you know, we're people too. We do more than give enemas and deal with, (laughs) deal with obnoxious patients. So thank you again for being here. My pleasure. Every thank, time. Thank you for putting up with my manic tendencies and my need to discuss everything. I, well, well I, mean, I guess we kind of, we kind of, every, everyone I've had on this show has had the tendency of just like those weaving conversations. No. Of, and, and, and frankly, I'm, I'm always so, so in awe of 
how you can like actually stay on topic and weave your way through stuff that I, I enjoy letting you go. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, the, the funny thing is, the, the little known thing, people who knew me in childhood know that I was not an extroverted child. I don't consider myself an extrovert now. If I was on a stage in front of all the people listening to this, I would be a very different person. But um, you make it easy. You make it very easy to uh, to have these back and forths. I've I've had conversations with people where I, even though I can weave a tale like nobody's business, mm-hmm. I still have had trouble having conversations with people where there's not that there's not that. Rapport, well, I'm sitting so. with an open posture for the folks at home. You are. You're um, sitting with an open posture <laughs> as well as two open empty beers, which always and helps. And an empty glass of an old and fashioned. An empty, yes. Um, my my significant other, who has not been on the podcast before, uh, made you quite the nice cocktail. I don't drink the cocktail. His cocktails are actual cocktails. It's like booze with like a little splash of sure something are. in it. Um, <laughs> That's how we got here. Yeah, I don't. I'm I no. I'm I'm not there. I'm not the I'm not that kind of drinker. But he's a fine gentleman. He is. He is. And and I'm there as a drinker. <laughs> one day, I mean, he's 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 my introverted counterpart. So I don't think I'll ever get him to come on the show. But I would love him to come on the show and talk about. He's words. more introverted than you as an extroverted introvert. Which is also interesting because him as a more intense introvert also performs on stages periodically. <laughs> So figure that that one out. That's how that goes. Figure that one out. (laughs) So, all right. With that, I will say thank you to everyone for listening. Oh, I do want to put a plug in just at the end here. If you think we're talking about you, we're not. We're not. We're not. (laughs) Unless you're one of these people that's guilty. Is that still in the... uh, It is. It is still in there. It's on the disclaimer. It's on the disclaimer that we play at the end. People will hear that soon. Yes. Um, So... Uh, but yes, so we're, I'm an Amazon affiliate now, the podcast is, and so if you look at the website, nursinguncensored.com, you'll see that little Amazon ads are now appearing spattered throughout. Um, one of the things that I thought was most clever is that your most recent album, which is called The Midwest... The Best of the Midwest Variety Hour. The Best of the Midwest Variety Hour... I have actually put an Amazon link on the episodes that we have done together so that if people really want to sample or buy your album, it's one button click. They can click one button if they're already on the website, that is. Otherwise, sure. it's so a few extra, extra buttons. Yeah, yeah multiple. One, so, one, to, one to like three or four buttons. So here's the catch. I want you to click these links, but also if you then use these links to... like any of the images for sale on Amazon, if you use that link to actually go to Amazon, it doesn't matter what you buy. I'll get a little kickback, which helps me because I actually spend money to produce this podcast. And as a student and a working woman, a little bit of help would be great. So go to to nursinguncensored.com, take a look around the site, check out our blog posts, listen to some old episodes, and notice that with each episode, there's some kind of related advertisement on the page. These are all products that I actually use and have bought and like like. So, um, you know, check it out and help Nursing Uncensored grow a little bit um, by shopping on Amazon through these links. Absolutely. I am terrible at advertisements. That's uh, fine. I need to I need to like have a little piece of paper here that says like go to amazon.com and click on these links and you too can support Nursing Uncensored. <laughs> well, I mean usually folks do it at the beginning of the podcast versus the God end. God damn but... it. 
I mean, from that's from it. The I'm po- just gonna slice this, plunk it on the yeah. end. <laughs> Usually, folks do this at the beginning. Because <laughs> at this point, nobody's listening anymore, anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Just kidding. I'm, I'm not listening anymore. I might make a separate little like one or two minute episode, just saying like, here's what the affiliate program is and how it helps me do this. Um, I might just cut that whole goddamn thing out. And eh, whatever. Burn it, it down, start over. Folks, if you want to check out my music uh, beyond the uh, Amazon links on the Nursing Uncensored page, you can head to www.dandemonte.com. That's D-A-N-D-I-M-O-N-T-E.com. <laughs> Which also, if you are driving or in a place where you can't write that down, I actually put it in... The description of not only this episode, but also it is in the description of my Instagram photo of Dan on stage. So go to the Nursing Uncensored Instagram. This is getting too complicated. Well, no, go find I'll... us on social media. Dan splattered all over yeah, this shit. Yeah, unfortunately. You'll be in St. Louis. This won't be out in time. For, no, it's fine. But you're going to keep on traveling and... Um, any any future appearances you'd like to make, you are more than welcome to be back on the show. And I still need to put. I, I was just looking at my website today. I have like the like the like the friends thing on there, and I haven't put nursing uncensored in there yet. That's disgusting. I know. I'm so ashamed. I of got you. some jabronis in there. Who I don't even. You know. They're, they're, you think you're on tour? You think you're hot shit? You forgot uh, no, all I'm, about no, your I'm forget, friends. I'm forgetting about the little people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll kick it back. It's all forgiven. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. Good luck on tour. We will talk to you again soon. You will be back to challenge Andrew's record, which I don't even know what it is, but <laughs> count, you're well count, on your yeah, way. Yeah, count it up. I you're well that. on your way. <laughs> you and Andrew and Lindsay can all compete for top spot. Yes. Uh, the most the uncensored nurse. Yes, totally. <laughs> Uh, I recorded with her for like three hours the other day and then realized that the fucking software was all fucked up and it didn't record any of it. So yes. Nursing Uncensored that's has one grown. Le- that's one less. <laughs> yeah, one less to edit. One less for you one to worry about. One less for me to Oh yeah, I got over. it. One less, one less on the tally. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're going to take it out now. Happy nursing, everybody. <laughs> Happy nursing. <laughs> It's an oxymoron, kids. We all are miserable and die. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here at Nursing Uncensored, we may be, well, uncensored, but we're not unfiltered. Protected health information has been changed and concealed to comply with HIPAA. The things we talk about are from years of experience with thousands of patients, things we've read, stories we've heard. If you think we're talking about you, we're not. Also, we're real nurses here to provide helpful and accurate information, but don't take anything we say as fact without doing your own research. Refer to your state's board of nursing, practice acts, and your institution's policies and procedures if you have questions about your practice. Lastly, our very strong opinions are ours alone and do not reflect those of our employers, educational, or professional institutions. Thanks for listening, and happy nursing, folks.